Welcome to the London Welsh Rugby Club podcast. This is episode 43. Last week, the club announced an exciting new relationship with Cardiff Met University RFC. The renowned Welsh League site has teamed up with our men's and women's performance squads in collaboration with the London Welsh RFC Careers Hub. London Welsh will offer a pathway for Cardiff Met graduates and alumni via our Careers Hub as we look to offer a route into employment in the capital whilst playing for one of the world's rugby's most prestigious names. That's us, by the way. The initiative will see the club work closely with Cardiff Met graduates in transitioning into life after university. As is so aptly coined the London Welsh RFC hub, the modus is to allow players to succeed on the pitch and excel off it. Back to this week's podcast, and our guest is a popular character amongst the women's team and has been playing for them for over eight years. She came to London Welsh from Quinns, having commenced her rugby journey at university, and you'll be intrigued to know one of the reasons why she came to play for us. A try-scoring machine and someone who has transitioned from the front row to the back row a few years ago to great effect. This week, our guest is Zoe Jeans. Enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by London Welsh Developments. London Welsh Developments offer the entire range of services for all your home needs, from plumbing, electrical, joinery and building and maintenance. Their many years of experience building all forms of extensions and conversions, the odd new build and some bespoke garden rooms and home offices. You will clearly see the attention to detail and understanding of your home that is difficult to match. They really do care and want the best for your home with no stone left unturned. For more information, contact London Welsh Developments on 0208 335 9123 or email on info at lwdltd.co.uk London Welsh Developments Welcome to the pod, women's club captain Zoe Jeans. How are you Zoe? I'm good thanks Gareth, how are you? I'm very well, very well indeed. We're both chatting on a Sunday afternoon post uh, an exciting Six Nations weekend uh, with obviously Wales beating England. Did you watch the game? Certainly did watch the game and I'm an England rugby fan so I'm kind of relieved that I didn't watch it at the rugby club I must say. Yeah that would have been a packed day at uh, London and would have been great turning up on a Sunday post uh, post a victory wouldn't it but look you know we can I'm not one to gloat personally, but it's, you know, glad Wales won by 16 points and, uh, you know, and uh, we're now you know, on for a, potentially a grand slam. We've got to be Italy first. Absolutely. It was very much deserved. So best of luck. And that it, hopefully if the um, Scotland-France game gets rescheduled, it'll be a really cracking Super Saturday with France versus Wales as the final fixture. Yeah, that'd be great. Absolutely great. So we're hopefully in our last lockdown now. And how have you been over the last couple of months, Zoe? Yeah, really, um, really good. So obviously lockdown has been a very different sort of pace of life to what I'm used to with um, a busy job and uh, a lot of rugby commitments with our training and, and matches on a regular basis. So it's been a very different pace of life, but trying to sort of make the most out of slowing down for a bit and raring to go, obviously, for when we're able to get back out there. Now, I'm led to believe this time last year, you left your job to take a bit of a career break and sort of reassess where you're at. And then we hit a pandemic, so probably not the best time really to uh, to sort of be in a job market. But um, knowing you as I, I as I do know you, uh, I, I doubt you're out of work very long. But how how did that sort of period go for you? Did you manage to 
to do anything much during your sort of career break? So I worked in a recruitment business previously and recruitment, the break slammed on pretty hard when uh, when COVID popped up and, and it appeared, well, we realised how bad the pandemic was going to be for the economy. So I took the opportunity to actually take voluntary redundancy because I've been in my job for eight years. It's pretty full on job. So I thought, actually, I'm just going to take some time out. Obviously, would have been great to take some time out and go traveling and uh, kind of, you know, um, see a bit of the world and be able to go and catch up with friends and things. But lockdown didn't really allow for that. So I just, as I said, chilled out, thought about what I wanted in terms of my next career steps. I did some freelancing um, for one of my friends um, who worked in a startup and I really enjoyed the startup life. So after about four or five months, I started applying for jobs again and got a job uh, working for a recruitment technology startup um, and I'm sales director. So I've been in that job for just coming up to six months now, all going really well. I'm enjoying being um, being back at work, but starting a job um, remotely, having not really met any of my colleagues is, is very interesting, but it's all it's all going good. So all's well that ends well. And is the market turning around now as we're sort of coming out of lockdown to feel there's a bit more confidence in the market and, and more employment opportunities? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, again, wasn't the best year for um, the business that I worked for last year because it specialises in graduate recruitment. And that was an area very, very graduate jobs was an area very hard hit in the pandemic. But from what we see now, it's definitely companies are learning to adapt instead of just slamming on the brakes completely. Um, and there's lots of opportunities out there for, um, you know, young people looking to start their careers. So we're very optimistic that this is going to be a really good year for kind of the business itself, but also for jobs for young people in general general yeah no fingers crossed but has been a member of a club helped you sort of get through this pandemic and all these lockdowns you know that's a good support network within the women's team oh it's been absolutely fantastic obviously what's really difficult i think for everybody in this uh, circumstance is that you just don't know what's going to happen next you know obviously the you know it's green light you know you could start seeing people and then things change and you just don't know kind of what's going to happen day to day in terms of what we're actually going to be allowed to do so like the women's team as I'm sure kind of the rest of um the the teams across the club have we just had to be quite agile quite adaptable you know in the first lockdown we had socials every Wednesday so we played loads of different games like bingo scavenger hunts um Ruth put together a fantastic family fortunes where she actually sent out um a questionnaire to I think like 200 people that we then um so the effort level was absolutely off the scale that everyone went to to try and keep us all together um and as I said when we were able to get back together we did within all the COVID rules then in the second lockdown obviously um you know we had a couple more socials so it's just taking everything as it comes but certainly you know having a network of kind of people across the club so as i say that's what we did as the women on the social side but will taylor of um obviously barch in uh, in richmond he was running online sessions for all of the um all of the teams across the club especially in the first lockdown which was amazing and we did some stuff with liddy who used to work at barch as well so just utilizing all the resources that we had you know being that you know kind of mental health in terms of actually just getting together and having some fun and a laugh and a bit of normality but also obviously the physical side of things and actually getting the workout you know that we were that we're missing not being on the pitch and out of training now i'm not surprised you everyone's kept busy and i know in january you've had like a fitness challenge haven't you do you know what i mean so i think that's been that's been really good um to, you know to get to keep everyone just physically active i suppose isn't it 
Yeah, definitely. That was a really fantastic idea from um, Nat Smith, who's our team captain. Um, she basically came up with the idea because in January, everyone is, you know, it's a time that everyone wants to sort of refresh and, um, you know, maybe get, um, get active after some time over Christmas. Um, so yeah, we split into, I think it was, um, five or six teams, about four or five team members in each team and basically saw who could clock up the most amount of kilometers. And I must say it was such amazing motivation, you know, at the end of every day after work, going out and, you know, seeing how much of the um, central London, me and my housemate Jenny, who also plays for, for London Welsh, how much we could cover. We were actually on separate teams. So it was, we kind of did realise that actually um, we were kind of cancelling each other out a bit, but that didn't stop us going out to, to contribute to our team's totals. It's not the winning that matters. It's a taking part, surely, in that sort of thing, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I'm a very competitive person. So I was definitely making sure that I was shimmying my team to make sure they were getting out there and, and clocking up the kilometres in any which way. The good thing about the previous lockdown, obviously, we had um, you were playing ready for rugby and managed to have a couple of fixtures with uh, opposing clubs, which would have been so was quite nice. And the men didn't get that opportunity to do that. So that was a great thing for, for the women to do that. And also you participated in the ready for rugby club tournaments. Did you what was that like then playing that, that type of rugby? Yeah, I think obviously I'm I'm a forward. I play back row currently. So the thought of playing essentially touch rugby and none of the fun bit of the contact wasn't hugely appealing at first. And I was a bit like, oh, okay, we'll give this a go. But actually all credit to, you know, the people who came up with Ready for Rugby. Like it was actually a really fun um, kind of game to play and just great to get the flow of rugby kind of back and obviously just doing it as much as we could within the current circumstances. There was quite, um, it, was, it was quite funny kind of at training trying to work out what the rules actually were. Um, we had a lot of fun conversations. I think some with you as well, um, Gareth. <laughs> Um, but, um, but yeah, once we sort of got into it, actually, it's a really, really fun kind of sport to play. It was fantastic that we could get a couple of fixtures. One was us versus, um, Quinn's threes. Um, so we actually kind of actually properly played each other and, and we won, which was obviously really nice to be back to winning ways. And we had another fixture versus Teddington where they didn't have quite the numbers that we did. So we just mixed the players in, which again, was just really nice to, kind of collaborate play with some different people um and but obviously the highlight of the um ready for rugby has got to be the interclub tournament like you know the fact that we've got we are able to facilitate something that includes all sections of the club and was just a really sort of fun day and everyone in really good spirits and just happy to be together again it was it was a really really fun couple of days that both times that that we were able to do it and hopefully you know we all look to do that kind of things again be it ready for rugby or touch or actually the sort of interclub tournament that brings in every single section kind of no matter what including the guys who sort of play touch minis parents whoever it's really good and and certainly something i hope that we do moving forward even you know as as lockdown lockdown lifts and the pandemic hopefully becomes a bit of a distant memory yeah and i'm with you hopefully we can uh, have a social uh, after playing it where well, we haven't got a socially distance which would be quite nice wouldn't it for us all but look you know yeah i think i, I loved it and certainly um the, the youth lads who played and things like that i thought it was a, a great opportunity to, to mix with people and get to know different people of our club you know uh, which is really important um so i still understand really so from your point of view where your rugby rugby journey started for you because I've only known you since you've been at London Welsh obviously so where did you grow up and so what what sports were you into as a child? 
So I grew up in a small village called Bassingbourne that's south of Cambridge. Um, so that sort of um, that sort of area, not massively uh, sort of particularly rugby area and rugby wasn't really a sport that massively played much part in my in my childhood at all. Um, my dad is more into his football um, I got one sister so I didn't have any brothers that played at school or anything I had friends at school that played but again it didn't really sort of feature the first time that I remember sort of rugby being a thing that I was interested in was in the um, the World Cup that England won which obviously being a gigantic rugby fan now, I can't believe that I was working on that day in my part-time job when I was 14 or 15. And this, you know, when I should have been celebrating England um, winning a world cup, it's just crazy that that's happened in my lifetime, but that I didn't actually kind of get the the amazing feeling that I would have now if England were to win the world cup. Um, so kind of me, I wasn't the most sporty of children. Like, as I say, you know, took part in PE and was on the, you know, secondary school netball team and, that kind of stuff but it wasn't something that was a huge factor in my early life nor something that I would have predicted to be as such a big part of my life as it as it is today. Was rugby an, op an option though for um, girls at your you know at your schools or when you were growing up or just it's just a thing that people didn't really participate in or just something that wasn't you know um, something you saw as you, what you were keen on really? So I remember once being given the option of rugby for like one lesson that we did as like a fun thing. And I remember it was fun, but kind of ne nothing more beyond that. Like I, it was never something that I would have considered looking to find if there was a girls rugby club, because it just wasn't in my consciousness at all that rugby would be a sport that girls, girls would play. So it just, so yes, there was one sort of glimmer of something, but not something that I kind of realised was an option that I could I could actually look at that early uh, on. Yeah, it's very different now, isn't it? You've got like most secondary schools will give um, girls an opportunity to play if it's like for eight weeks, twelve week blocks, or whatever it is per year group. They have links now with, uh, and more rugby clubs have you know have girls teams things like that, including, including our own. Thank goodness, which is doing yeah. brilliantly well. But so you, you finish secondary school, you, you go to university, and is, is that is that where really? you know rugby becomes an opportunity for you to play and what what was that you know how did you get into rugby at university is it a freshers fair thing or just friends of friends so my my sister's two years older than me and she went to university ahead of me and was part of her the life-saving team which is obviously you know competitive swimming and all that sort of stuff and she just said Zoe when you go to university make sure you join a sports team and I sort of took that a bit with a pinch of salt because I was just a bit like well what sports team am I going to join like you know I'm not super fit so you have to be you know running around all the time to play football um you know I'm not skinny and blonde so I probably won't fit in with the netballers um <laughs> I um I thought you know I'm I don't I don't my coordination isn't fantastic so I think you know sport with a stick or something like that like hockey like it just wasn't nothing really ticked the boxes and then I think it was when I was at the freshers fair that there was a women's rugby team so I thought oh you know I'll go and find out a bit more about that and the people that I spoke to were really nice and I remember being in my halls and like it being a Wednesday night and I think for the first couple of Wednesday nights just actually not going and chickening out because I was afraid because I wasn't a sporty person I was quite overweight and I knew that I wanted to join, but I was I was afraid to, and I didn't know anyone else that wanted to go. But eventually, I plucked up the courage to actually get myself down there and see how it went. And everyone was just really welcoming. There was no pressure, you know. Even if I was the last one to finish a lap of the pitch, you know, everyone's kind of clapping you in. It was incredibly supportive, and and I met people that I just clicked with in a way that I 
to be honest, hadn't really up until that point in my life. And I was just like, actually, this is a place that I feel that I can be myself as I am. Um, you know, I'm not being sort of kind of judged or singled out for being, you know, one shape or another. And, you know, it was, it was like, it was just like a kind of whole world opened itself up to me. And I found my groove and my thing that, you know, ultimately, finally, thank goodness I did pluck up the courage to actually go to the sports um, centre and join that session because I shudder to think what my life would be like if I hadn't. I mean, life is a lot about decisions and opportunities and sliding door moments. And then you could quite easily on that third Wednesday not, not have gone and never participated in rugby and not had sort of the friendships, the experiences you've had. But look, you know, that, that's true of like, you know, any, anything and anyone in, in, in their life really. But so you mentioned how welcoming they were at university, your university, but you've had like first years, second and third years there. So people who have played for a, a number of years. So how did that, um, you know, did they have more than one side? How did they bring you into the, into the games? What was your first game like after the, you know, how many ses training sessions did you have before you played? All this sort of thing. I'm really keen to find out. Yeah, to be honest, it's all a little bit of a blur. I can't remember the specifics, but I joined in my first year and it definitely was a combination of obviously people throughout all their years at university. I went to the University of Sussex down in Brighton and we only had one team, like we we're only able to kind of, you know, field one team and we were in a booster league that was fairly middling. We weren't a particularly elite team. We weren't absolutely terrible. So it's a really nice level to actually start playing rugby at because I actually didn't like not really everybody knew whether what they were doing and a lot of people who joined hadn't really played before so it was a lot about you know the rules and all that kind of stuff and I remember my first um game was an away game at the University of um at Royal Holloway University and it was this place that my one of my friends from from sick form had gone to so you know I was like oh great free trip to go and see her type thing so I <laughs> went um we're standing with her on the sideline watching the team play and then I suddenly you know Zoe you've got to get on and I just got on and I had no idea what I was doing um and just sort of went for it and the thing with about rugby is it it can seem like a really daunting you know thing to play and I think especially if you start playing rugby as a woman who is you know at university age or whatever you know you're not that sort of child that's actually just going to necessarily chuck yourself into anything you know going into contact and things can seem daunting but like anything the more game time that you get the more time you spend on the pitch the more you just get your head around what you're supposed to be doing in in different positions and I think you know that is a kind of bit of a tricky thing that we deal with at, at currently with the with the women's team you know we're in this position where we're not quite at the point where we can have two teams because we would struggle to field two teams on a, on a regular basis we, we want to win so we're super competitive and we want to do well in the league that we have and we've got a, a lot of really good players that we know can get us to the the wins that we're looking for but equally we've got a set of really great new players obviously who had a year taken away of their rugby lives, which is just gutting, especially for people who have recently started playing, who we want to give game time on the pitch to and who are really going to be able to come into their own with game time. So kind of, again, this is diverting slightly, but where we are with the women's team, where I went to university and was kind of just able to just run around and kind of work it all out in, in practice, where we are as a club at the moment is we really want to get all of that game time for all of our newer players, but where we do also want to win and, you know, be a team that is competing at the top of the league that we're in, it's kind of, you know, juggling that is 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 a is kind of a, 
a complexity which um you know which we're really trying to work out how we can how we, how we can approach to the best of everyone involved the players that have played for a long time but also the new people that need that game time in order to progress their their game it's a difficult balance Nev. i'm sure that's difficult at your university time as well to try and you know um because you're trying to grow the game, grow the, the the people who are able to play because people who can get injured or not available. So and also, I suppose you know when you're first there, the maybe the social side would have been quite attractive as well. So what what's that like as a as a university student? Because you know because obviously you probably didn't know much of the laws as you mentioned. So you must have been encouraged to sort of watch some of the games and get really get into rugby as well whilst you're playing it as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's, you know, we had obviously our men's team as well. So if we finished playing before them, you know, we, they often tried to get fixtures. So you'd be playing in the same places. So we would go and sort of watch them and also get together to watch international fixtures. You know, again, I hadn't really ever watched the Six Nations or the Autumn Internationals before I went to university. And at that point, you know, I think a key thing is absolutely getting stuck in on the pitch is, is what really gets you your head around it. But you can't, um, you can't, there's so much value in watching the sport as well, because especially where there are kind of law changes and all of that sort of stuff, like actually spending time watching games. So that was obviously a lot of fun at university, but yeah, the social side was definitely a highlight. And I think a big reason why I have stayed part of rugby, like obviously it's a great sport to play on a Sunday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon as it was back then, but it's really the kind of time that you're not on the pitch, that you're socializing together in a pub or a clubhouse or, um you know whatever it might be that that is the fun side and I remember one of the things that I heard early on at uh, university was that the teams all went and this was all of the sports teams across the university went on a tour over Easter over the Easter break so I was like oh that sounds fun where do we get to go and I went to uh, Spain and Italy um so I went on three tours one for every year of my um, university and there were just these gigantic sports festivals in these towns in Spain and Italy that were just absolutely kind of crazy and just filled with people in fancy dress, having the time of their lives, just thinking. And I just remember thinking, like, I, I'm so, I lucked out having found this kind of fun atmosphere of everyone just having a really great time and, you know, having a few drinks with it. I'm glad you said sports festival and not a giant piss-up, <laughs> but um, I'm sure it's a bit, a bit of both if, if you're a student, which is great. Look, you know, um, you know, I think you know, as a student, you're probably not measuring success as um, in terms of the number of wins. It's by like you know playing and, and socialising together, making friends, that's key thing. But you know, in that sort of cohort, would there be many of those women's or women or girls still playing rugby? Do you think? Um, I went to university quite a long time ago. You're not that old. You. You're not that old, Zoe. I'm surprised Zoe. to hear that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm 35, which in my book is, is, is older than I thought I would be when I, um, when I well, no, I, I didn't think I'd probably still be playing rugby at this age, but it's just so fun and there's no reason to give it up. So why not carry on? So I think there's, out of the people that I went to university with, there's probably a few that are still playing. There was a lot that went on to play university at club rugby and kind of that when we first left university, people went to various obviously different clubs pending where they were moving and things. But um, I still play at London Welsh um, with somebody that I met through university rugby. So Isha, who is um, someone who's played at London Welsh for as long as I have, um she and I met at university and um still play rugby together now which is just absolutely amazing because it's you know coming on for 
16 17 years later so and you know she's one of my best friends who I've lived with for a number of years and obviously who we're still very close friends now so it just shows you the longevity of relationships that, that rugby can give you no that's brilliant and you know what key to understand is so how did you go about finding a club post university then does it um because that must be because if you don't know everybody who's, who's moving to a club or in the area you're living in you know what what when, what sort of process did you go through to choose the right club for you so it was really quite easy for me because a load of people that I played with at Sussex University had links or had played for Quinns, uh, Harlequins ladies, when they were before they went to university. So they'd been part of rugby for a long time. And I think because Quinns is obviously based in similar areas, so Richmond, Twickenham, it's a very rugby area. So have so these women, these girls that I met had had rugby as part of their life in a way that I really, really hadn't. So they played for Quinns, um, who at that point were training in Putney. And when I first moved to London, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know, like, um, we'll see. Because I moved to Kentish Town and Isha moved just around the corner from me as well. It, um, she was in Caledonian Road. So we were then like, no, we'll give it a go. And we um, had a right trek to get, like, we had to get the tube to go to Waterloo. And then we went from Waterloo to Putney. And then we got a bus from Putney to the playing field where we trained. So it's a real schlep that we did um but we kind of loved meeting the new people and obviously if you know someone somewhere that's such a big connection so you know again the majority of my sort of friendship groups now come from that initial time at Queen's Ladies where I met people that now play for London Welsh like Nat and Alice and Isha well I knew Isha obviously because we went together but we started that sort of friendship group which is now my my best friends um at at, at Quinn's sorry um and Isha and I eventually saw the light and moved to South London after about six months because we were like, well, obviously South London's where it's at because that's where we play our rugby. So how could we possibly consider living anywhere else? Was there any links to the pro, pro club in, in any way with that with that sort of a Quinn's ladies team? Because this is before the Tyrrell Premiership and all that sort of thing. And before really rugby had properly taken off, I would say, for women, just just you know, probably had a cusp of doing so. So, uh, yeah, was it, did you get any support from the, the Premiership club or was it you just on your own as an amateur Quinn's ladies team? No, it was it was affiliated with the club. I think it wasn't so, as you say. It was before women's rugby got some, you know, got a real profile for its own as its own sport. So, you know, there was we got tickets kind of discounted to to games. So that was again amazing to get to go and watch Premiership rugby, um, kind of you know every now and again. Um, and we um, also actually got to play one game at the Stoop, which was absolutely amazing experience. We played our local rivals, Wasps, and I think it was a really, really tight game, like 19-21, well, 21-19, because we won, but it was a really tight game. It was, again, our family came to sort of watch us play at this amazing stadium. So there were there was a link in affiliation, but it, it wasn't the level that it, that it is now. That's fair enough. So you've played there for a few years, and then... You came to London Welsh. What was the attraction um, to come to London Welsh? So Quinn's was really, really fun. As I say, made a lot of really fantastic friendships there. And we had a real heyday where we were playing amazingly, had some really great players. And then there was sort of a bit of a, you know, as happens in women's rugby, like quite a few people left to go to different clubs, moved, decided to stop playing rugby. And we got down to the bare bones of the squad and got to the point where it just wasn't fun anymore because we were cancelling games. We were not competitive in games and everything was just falling apart a little bit. So um, I took, 
me and kind of a few other friends made the decision actually we're just going to take a bit of a break from rugby and enjoy having kind of Sundays back and stuff so we stopped playing for maybe like two or three years and um it was at Quinn's that I also met Rebecca Rowe who obviously is uh, one of our very kind of our probably most famous female alumni having played for Wales <laughs> um but but yeah so I was friends with her anyway kind of at the point where she was getting into rugby I think I played with her when she first started playing and she then obviously went to London Welsh when things at Quinns were, had gone a little bit off the boil and so we went down and you know went and supported her and stuff and after a little while she um basically was like oh we're going to Nuki Sevens like do you fancy it and it was just a bit like yeah why not Sevens tournaments are always really fun so um so we uh, me and again like Nat and Alice and the people and Isha all went off on this rugby um you know fun social weekend with London <laughs> Welsh and they were like these girls are actually really fun and we've had a really really great time down at the sevens tournament and then they were like oh come to pre-season we're like oh but you know really oh okay yeah yeah so we went down to pre-season and obviously before you know it that's about eight years ago and well all still playing but one of the biggest draws to London Welsh was that we actually used to play London Welsh when we were at Quinn's so it's quite fun when those pictures pop up on Facebook of us playing against London Welsh now but one thing that we always loved about London Welsh when we played London Welsh away as we were Quinn's then was the food at Old Deer Park was renowned for being absolutely amazing it's like yes we're playing London Welsh away today so we'll get some fantastic food so we thought do you know what let's play for a rugby club where our home food is always going to be really really fantastic because obviously that's a key part in the decision making process of what rugby club you're going to play for yeah, um yeah and you're right the food is great there and it's, it's a great attraction <laughs> it's great you know, the, you know the youth teams love, love the food and so you know, we have, they always love play matches there and obviously playing on the first team pitch is brilliant you know that sort of thing but i also just feel sorry for the women because um on you know if your game is on a saturday you, you get the social on saturday you've got a sunday to recover but for the women who play on a Sunday, you, you do have a social afterwards and you have, I'm sure you've had many great Sunday afternoon and evenings. Then you've got work the next day. How do you, how do you, um, how do you balance that out with you, Zoe? Great question. Well, obviously it's, a, it's just an occupational hazard with, <laughs> you know, being a woman who plays rugby. So you kind of just have to get on with it. I don't know that you know, when I was interviewing for my uh, for my jobs, I always talk about my rugby as a real kind of key thing about my team skills and my collaboration. I don't tell them about the Sunday socials. Um, but yeah, no, it's, you just get on with it. There's, I mean, it's been known that, you know, when we know we're going to have a big session after a game, people just book the Monday off work because it's just not worth even the hassle. But I think that's something that working from home would have been really quite convenient for. But sadly, we've not been able to have the fun part before. So hopefully with people working remotely more than the Mondays post-matches will be working from home and you can recover with with your camera off and you work the Zoom meetings. But look, you've been with the club eight years, as you've mentioned. How has the women's team evolved over those eight, eight years? Because there's you know, been uh, you know some familiar faces who are still there in those eight years, but the people have come and gone as well. And there's sort of a new sort of crew coming as well now, isn't there, hopefully? Yeah, definitely. Like what's what's always been really great about London Welsh is that you've always got a kind of set of people that are really passionate about the club and really commit to its success and, and continuation. I think, you know, joined it as people like B and Die that were putting everything into the club. And, you know, she was a fantastic um, kind of figure of the club and the women's section of the club for, for so long. Um, and as we sort of um, came in, I think, you know, obviously, 
different people want different things out of the rugby um you know the commitment that they're making to rugby some people do just want to come and play and then that's it other people are happy to come and take on the commitment of running a club or taking a leadership position so I think you know that's a really key piece of the last eight years there's always been people who you know when other people's time come and completely fair enough that you get to a point in your life where actually other things take priority somebody's always been willing to step up to the plate and say do you know what I'm actually keen to to get a bit more involved so it's really great that we've had a sort of consistent flow of of people that are willing to to sort of take that on and develop us as um you know as the club and and within the, the wider club um I think again we're really lucky that we've always had a really consistent kind of set of people that have got really amazing skills I remember when I first joined um, there was a girl called Danielle who was Irish who was just the most amazing fullback you've ever seen and she just scored try after try after try but you know then there's some always someone new that that's um that's sort of popping up in in each position and I think where we are at the moment is with the squad is that you know, we've got some really real experience that, you know, hopefully, you know, lockdown won't have changed any minds and everyone will be coming back to the pitch as and when, you know, they're available for us to play on again. Um, but we've also got some really exciting talent and, you know, that could be somebody coming to rugby in sort of later life and deciding to pick it up in their mid to late 20s. But we also have some, um, you know, firecracker young 17 year olds coming through like your daughter, Sarah and um, Gareth, who's joined us recently. Um, well, she's 18 now and happy birthday to her for a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, you know, we said during lockdown, we've had like two or three players turning 18. Like again, um, um, Laurel, one of our other players who's played rugby, um, you know, when she was much, much younger and now she's looking for a senior team. It's amazing to have that sort of youth coming through because that used to be an area that that we struggled so it's 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 a real nice balance and obviously that that does ebb and flow over the season and you know we have been relegated whilst I've played for London Welsh but we have won um won the league as well so you kind of just have to work with what you've got and and do as much as you can to make sure that you know players that do have a lot of experience still feel like they're developing their game but also people that don't have as much experience are getting the game time on the pitch and as I say that is the trickiest thing that we have to navigate but you know we're having a really good stab at it and I think certainly moving forward we will look as I'm sure other rugby clubs will do much um you know many friendlies um booked in as well as league fixtures so that we can make sure that people are getting game time but also that we are being competitive in in the league as well and it's going to be very interesting to come out of the end of you know the pandemic and see what the uptake is like for rugby you know will people be really really keen to get into team sports having missed that sort of team environment or will people be really into running instead because that's all they've been doing for the last 12 months so it's going to be really interesting to see how it sort of pans out but I'm we've had inquiries coming through our social media all the way through about you know people to put on a list for when we're training again so the signs are encouraging which is great. And also the club announced an association with Cardiff uh, Met last week, which means you know, they've got five senior men's, I think at least two women's teams there. So, and that association will hopefully, anyone who comes to London to work from that university, you know, there's a pathway then to come and play rugby, women's rugby at London Welsh. And that will help then blood the team with some new players and a sprinkling of youth, can we say, isn't it? Absolutely. I think, and also, you know, the great thing about that sort of partnership is that those people will kind of, you know, have, as you say, like have a, have, have rugby awareness built in with them. Like, and again, that's the different, 
often the difference with men coming to play senior rugby is that they're going they're probably going to have played since they were very very young so be at a certain level or have a certain level of game awareness whereas because we do get you know people that have played before hung up their boots decided they want to play again or people that are just completely fresh to rugby like we want to continue catering for everybody but it's really by starting to attract more and more people that have already played rugby especially now that women's rugby has had a higher profile for a longer time that we will be able to look to springboard hopefully out of this league and into the league above and really be competitive in that league it's about being able to balance both things yeah it's just balancing yeah competitive squad playing numbers and the social side which is you know again such, such an important part and I think you've demonstrated quite well earlier in this conversation how hard the women's team work at, at you know keeping everyone together during this pandemic. I think that's only going to benefit when you do see each other and come out of it all that yeah, you feel closer to each other, you know, and then you know those you have more people going to go on end of season tours, all that sort of thing. So speaking about end of season tours, you know, I'm sure you've been on quite a few of them. Just just mm-hmm. can you just um highlight a couple maybe I know you went to Amsterdam and things a couple of years ago, but we what's so great about these end of season tours for uh, for the women team? I think it's just the ch- having the chance to spend that level of time together. So when you're, you know, we go on a tour generally for four days and three nights, sometimes three days and, and two nights. But, you know, we're all really busy and we all, you know, as many people try and jump into socials and games and stuff as, as possible. But actually coming together as a squad for that solid amount of time is that's where you really grow your um you know your relationships with people and your connections you know you're sharing dormitories and um you know kind of you know the excitement of getting on a plane and flying somewhere and going and you know doing a load of stuff like in when we went to Amsterdam we played bubble football which was like you know ridiculous fun it's just the chance to actually do something together that's that's not necessarily around rugby it's around you know team building having a load of fun there's all always like stories that come out of um rugby tours obviously I can't share any of those because what goes on tour stays on tour as I'm sure you'll know um but yeah it's just it's just the best fun and again like it's organized by the players everyone always has such a great time we always get together before tours and come up with everyone's tour names you get to relive all the stupid stuff that people have done over the past season and get to know so much about people as well like what's going on in their lives outside of rugby because it's almost like the nights are fun like obviously you go out you have some drinks you go to a nightclub or whatever but it's always the morning after that's the most fun when you're debriefing what happened the night before and just <laughs> having those silly hungover chats that's just always about nothing but almost always the best fun so yeah I remember my first tour was to Budapest and was organized by Katie McBride who is in Dubai now but she used to be our nine and you know she's a huge part of the club and was for many years but she worked for a hen and stag tour event company at that point. So literally it was just the best tour ever. We arrived at the kind of airport in Hungary and this bus kind of drove up that was basically had disco lights, um, you know, had a bar, had a pole to dance around. And we're driving into Budapest, starting our rugby tour in this absolute kind of fun wagon. It was, it was just amazing. So, you know, everyone puts so much effort in and, yeah, it just, again, it's not the kind of holiday that you would ever have unless you're part of a sports team. So it's just such fun to let go and enjoy yourselves all together at the end of the season. 
you can tell how much you've enjoyed them in, in, in your enthusiasm, you know, re reflecting on those tours. But you also had an away fixture at Guernsey about 18 months, two years ago, which it just seems to stick in the mind as a such a, um, a huge event for, for the women's team because the supporters club went there and some people had a longer stay there. You know, I don't know if you, how long you stayed there for, but that was just such a great experience for the women's team to have the supporters club supporting them and having support you know, across the whole weekend, wasn't it? Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. So I went to Guernsey and back in a day, so I didn't make the prolonged stay of it. But um, the guys who did, like, honestly, when we all arrived and, and and the guys were there having had the fun that they'd had with the supporters club, it was just absolutely brilliant. Especially, I think they'd gone to a gin distillery the day before and the, the stories that were rolling out of what those guys have been up to is just fantastic. And I think it's just such a it's just such an accurate reflection of what life is like at, you know, this rugby club, like that the supporters club are willing to, you know, come to, you know, get on a flight to come and watch the women play. It was, it's always great to have away support and, you know, the effort that people go to, to come and watch us play is, is really fantastic. But yeah, those guys, as I say, jumping on the plane to come and watch us, um, play away at Guernsey was just was just fantastic and so fun for for everyone involved in it whether you were in the on the prolonged stay or whether you weren't like you know it's it's great that the supporters club obviously make the effort to support us just as much as the men and you know from what they they tell us they're just as proud of us as they are as of the men which is obviously means a lot to us because you know as the men <clears throat> put everything into you know their rugby and obviously they're on their five-year journey obviously temporary sort of break on that that nobody would have foresaw but you know we're on a really exciting journey as well and it's great that the that the club you know put as much sort of effort into that as as the other side no i agree with that i definitely get a sense of uh, more of what people coming to watch your games and that culminated last year in a fixture on st david's day where we had a great post-match function you know the, we all know what happened on, on the match i think there's a bit of pre-match nerves with the amount of people coming to watch it but the, you know, it's just a game it doesn't matter but the key thing was that the enjoyment everyone had afterwards and that, that's to me like was a coming of age i think for um how close the the, the women's team are and, and such an integral part of the club now and that sort of to me ticked a lot of boxes and was just a great event to have and we must continue to do those sort of things but from a play from your perspective how much did you enjoy that that day and the, and the function? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the game was probably one of the worst experiences of my life. Just because <laughs> literally family, friends, housemates, you know, and the fact that I am friends with all of the rugby team and everyone else's family was there. Game definitely didn't go as we um, as we would have wanted. But, you know, these things happen. But absolutely, you're exactly right. The 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 meal afterwards absolutely made up for it and just today I met a friend for a walk in lockdown and she was like oh my god it was almost a year ago that we came to watch you play rugby wasn't that a fantastic day so again that just it's fantastic everybody coming together to support the women but it's just how that ripples out in terms of all the people that we asked to come who came to watch and support us playing the sport that we love have such a fantastic view of the club that we play for that you you know that the club put the um meal on you know that there was the choir um you know kind of you know speakers um obviously yourself yourself hosting like the effort level that went in like meant so much to us as players and uh, by extension meant a lot to our to our family and friends you know Ema's parents flew over from Ireland for the for for the event you know Jenny's parents came down from Manchester like you know people came from all over to come and attend that event so for the club to actually put that on for us was amazing. And as you say, like I feel like it's a 
kind of you know the start of hopefully what will be an annual or maybe even you know a couple of times a year that that we can get our friends and family involved in that way no 100 percent. yeah it's, it's, it's definitely i think rugby can be more than just a game it could be an occasion and i think that definitely was an occasion and we need to have more and more occasions for, for bo- both you know for both sets of uh, teams and squads really but um but, but look you know i think um Whilst, whilst that was great, I think, you know, we're also as a team, I think the women's team are on a journey and had quite a bit of success across the last two or three years. Because I think prior to that, numbers were a bit challenging. But now we seem to be on the up uh, under sort of Michael Griffiths' uh, um, stewardship. Results, yep. are, you know, results are strong on the pitch. There's a good vibe amongst the team. So you get, you get that sort of sense that the, the women's team are building. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to, as I say, I feel like you know, this pandemic has been frustrating for everyone for, you know, loads and loads of different reasons, but it does feel like we had a really, really good set of players that were kind of really developing. And, you know, the more that you play with people, the more you get to know their style, the more you play as a unit as opposed to 15 individuals. And I think that the pandemic, obviously we'd we'd sort of finished our season anyway, but if we'd have had the last, you know, this season playing out, I think we would have, we would have had some sensational um, kind of results and, and who knows what would have happened within, within our league. But we're going to, ha- I feel like we are kind of on the precipice of, a you know, really fantastic um, kind of season. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm 35. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be playing rugby. Like I want to go out on a high and I want to continue to work hard and get great results on the pitch. I am competitive. I do want to win. Um, you know, that's what I go out there on a Sunday and play for, you know, it's to feel, at the end like we've given it our all and we're getting back what we put in um but as I say we're just going to have to assess because you know things change for people in a year you know I mentioned Ema previously she's flying back to Ireland because she's relocating back there um we know that one of our sensational um Italian um kind of back three Fred she's also gone back to Italy so there's going to be a changing of um of personnel you don't know, you know, as I say, what happens that maybe people will decide that they don't want to come back and play rugby because they don't feel comfortable to do so, given what we've just been through. And, you know, you've got to respect those decisions and see where we're at come when we actually can all get back together and, and make the most of it. But I'm confident that, you know, we'll continue to do great things. And if those great things are, you know, is a season that's actually just developing our newer players and giving them that time on the pitch so that the season is going to be the super season. Well, that's fine. We'll adapt. But it's just about continuing to grow and obviously you know with all the as we talked about earlier the effort that kind of Ruth and Coops have put in to develop the girls you know that's as that's as much of a priority to maintain as as anything getting people into the game getting people enjoying the game and if that comes with wins and promotions then fantastic but sometimes it's about other things. Yeah no I agree I think I think people in this pandemic will have missed some of the you know the basic things and that you know what I mean but that is like they've been just going to rugby club playing a game having a few drinks afterwards I think and that's what you know, you've really really missed things like that you know you don't, you don't miss material things it's those connections with people you know um, at your rugby club and I think so uh, you know that that's certainly I think whilst there will be a change around like with any any team um, hopefully we'll get new numbers fresh people and, you know and with and under the stewardship of people like yourself and, and Paula and Ruth They'll get to you know um, get to understand what being part of a great rugby club and a part, great team will be like. But you know during these last few seasons, you've also changed position, haven't you, Zoe? So you used to play front row for a bit, and then you've come into like a, 
Uh, and you've always been a bit of a try scoring machine anyway. You found yourself at the right place at the right time. Um, but you're now moved to the back row. Why did you, did you want to make that change on, on purpose or just the way it sort of it happened really? How, how did that come about? Um, I think I think it's probably about two or three years ago, I lost quite a lot of weight. So I, you know, just decided that that was something that I, I wanted to do. I was quite chunky before then. So I suited the front row. I feel like that's a terrible thing to say for any front row <laughs> listening. So I'm ever so sorry. That's not what I mean. But if you're, you know, if you're quite overweight as a woman, you're going into the front row. That's just the way it is. So that's where I always played. And I always enjoyed, you know, being at the front of the scrum. But, you know, as I improved my fitness, as I dropped some weight, you know, I was able to be a lot more um, sort of agile around the park. And I think, you know, we've got an amazing set of amazing players, a lot of which are back row at, at London Welsh. But I think we were maybe short in a game or, um, you know, someone got injured. So I started playing back row and I really enjoyed it. And Michael seemed to think that I played quite well there and that's now become more my starting um my starting position I'm really enjoying it you know it just allows you to get off the scrums a lot more um a lot quicker and um you know get around the park and stuff so I'm very happy and I must say my shoulders are a lot happier on a Monday not pushing at the very front of a scrum so um that's a happy byproduct as well but yeah as I say just I decided that I wanted to get a lot fitter so that was a it wasn't a conscious decision that I did that in order to get into the back row. That's just a byproduct. And as I say, I'm really enjoying it because also having played rugby for a really long time, it just added a new dimension to the game. So, you know, keeping, keeping things fresh and fresh and interesting. Yeah, that's great. And also mention your try scoring ability. Unfortunately, we haven't got stats um, for all the tries you scored, but I know it's a hell of a lot. Cause you always seem <laughs> to, uh, to score tries when I'm refereeing the women, but look, you, you're quite a, um, gregarious vocal um, individual really uh, um, for the women's team but also you get you're quite involved behind the scenes and you were quite instrumental in, in encouraging in the inspiring girls charity to sponsor the women's team that was quite a coup for the club really when you think about that you know and who was behind that how did that come about and how inspiring was Miriam Gonzalez Durantes um, so I was, uh, yes, I helped with the facilitation of that, but I was more of an innocent bystander who was in the right place at the right time. Sarah Johnson um, reached out to us, I think, sent an email to an email that came to me and I sort of responded and, and the conversation went from there. Um, so Sarah Johnson is um, an amazing lady who runs a travel PR company um, and she had the idea of getting us involved with inspiring girls as she knew about um, the charity and they wanted to raise their profile. We obviously wanted to grow the women's team and think about getting more girls involved in, in rugby. So it just seemed like there was a really nice synergy. So I got this email from sort of Sarah and we arranged to meet for a drink and did so. And, you know, she is a, an amazing, fun, um, enthusiastic person to sort of be around. So we got on really, really well. And this idea just sort of steamrolled. And as I say, I just, was the kind of facilitator who gave Sarah the right introduction. She organised a lot with to do with sort of inspiring girls and um, and kind of I, you know, she talked to a lot of people at the at the club and and it was just absolute. It's just a fantastic sort of partnership that was really really exciting to be involved in and it's been fantastic for the profile of our women's team. You know, since that we were at a point where we met Sarah that actually we it was a problem on like a big problem our numbers you know we were really struggling to get 
enough people, you know, every week it's calling around the ringers and seeing who can play and who doesn't mind, you know, coming down last minute to, to play on a Sunday. So, but since that partnership, we, I mean, yes, numbers are still what we kind of want to improve as a club, but it's, we've seen a big influx of, of people. And I think the sort of, you know, PR around that partnership has helped kind of us develop better numbers as a as a squad but also you know it's been instrumental in um Ruth and Coops being able to kind of you know think about actually how we're going to set up a a girls team which is you know now there and and wasn't beforehand so as I say you know it's um I was a conduit in that sort of agreement but I think you know the baton's really been taken up by Ruth and Coops who have done you know fantastic things with setting the um up the girls team so you know all credit to them and the co their coaching team because I know they put a huge amount into it so for that to be the result of what that conversation between Sarah and I started is is just fantastic. No it has been brilliant and life's lot is about timing as you spoke earlier and this pod has been timed to be released just before International Women's Day so um, just just think about that actually but what, what more can London Wales do to promote the women's game within our local area and to our members, you know, we, we, we can't stand still because you go backwards. So what, I, what ideas do you have so we can we can do more, really? I think it's just doing everything that, that we can to talk about the fact that we've got a women's team and the club are fantastic about doing that um, kind of at the moment. But what's really difficult about where kind of we are is that, you know, there's so few women that play rugby anyway. And yes, that number is increasing, but it's a small number as it is. But we are in a really saturated area of London for women's rugby teams. You know, we've got Richmond around the corner, Rosslyn Park, Barnes, Wimbledon, Teddington, all teams that play at a similar level to ourselves. So not quite, um, you know, the Premier 15s, but, you know, at a decent competitive standard. So, you know, obviously the connection with the university in Wales is going to be absolutely amazing because if we can get to those players before those other, you know, people similar to, how it worked for me with Quinn. You know, I didn't even look at any other rugby clubs because I didn't need to. That was where I was always going to go. But I think it's just doing everything that we can to shout about the fact that, you know, women's rugby is happening at uh, at London Welsh. And, and as we said, you know, doing things like the St David's Day lunch that allow people to, you know, come on down because you never know who's, as I said, I mentioned a, a friend that's not that's not into her rugby at all that came to, you never know, she could, somebody like that could have a sister or, um, you know, someone that's moving to London to play rugby and they could say, oh, I, you know, went to this really amazing event at a rugby club. So I think just maintaining the momentum that, that we've started, um, you know, with as much kind of focus on, obviously, we've got the, the five-year plan in place for the men in terms of their promotion. And, you know, for the, it's kind of making sure that we're looking at, it as much from the women's team you know we don't necessarily want to get into the premier 15s because that's you know a whole other kettle of fish but you know we need to come up with our own kind of plan about where we want to be in you know two three four years time and give that the amount of sort of focus um to enable us to continue developing yeah, that's a great idea i think we should you know, certainly look at sort of hanging a hat on what you just said then and how do we create a plan and it doesn't have to be about promotion and promotion and promotion it's, it's a it's more than that you know, and I think, um, you know, it's important we are able to develop our women's team, as you can rightly say, look, but, you know, what I want to delve into now is, is what do you think rugby has given you and, and your life, really, and, and, and some of the values you've learned from rugby, how, you know, how transferable they are to the, work, to the workplace? Yeah, I mean, I think 
just I mean so much you know like teamwork obviously in the workplace is so important never has teamwork been more important than when you're sat as individuals in your you know bedroom kitchen whatever wherever it is you work from home you know being able to I think just being able to appreciate that everybody plays their part you know whether you're a scrum half whether you're a front row whether you're a fullback a wing or whatever everybody has their different part to play within within a rugby game and as they do in any team sport and you know I am I'm in sales and recruitment you know I'm a control freak like if something's going to be done I want to do it because I can ensure that I do it to the best of my ability you know I you know I want to be accountable for what I deliver but when you're in a rugby fixture you know you can't be on that wing you can't be on the end of that high ball at the back of the pitch like you know it's teamwork it's collaboration it's trust ultimately and believing that the people that are that you stand shoulder to shoulder with are there to get the same outcomes as you and that you're gonna they're gonna work as hard as you in order to do that and I think the more that you know kind of you play on a team and you build that trust and you know you take the steps towards the success that you're looking for it's just you know really really rewarding when you know you get you get the rewards like again an example from university is that we used to play our varsity fixture against the university of brighton who were a sports university so they thrashed us every year and it was really frustrating but in my final year it's you know somehow we managed to get a win over university of brighton which was an absolute coup and just the best feeling in the world and i still think back to us leaping all over each other when we finished that fixture and you know it was similar I've had similar feelings at kind of you know London Welsh even an example of last season when we drew nil nil with Chesham who then obviously completely thrashed us in the St David's Day meal which was sad but there we go um but you know we literally we drew nil nil we didn't score a try but we didn't let them score a try and the people that went and that played in that game. And even the supporters that came and watched that game were like, never seen a game of rugby like it. And we celebrated like we won because we literally played as one unit and everyone had trust in each other to, you know, not let that person through or, or whatever it was. And it was, you know, rugby can give you emotions at times that you don't think you can get them, but just playing as part of a 15 or 22 or whatever is just, so rewarding and that's why I still do it at the ripe old age of 35. You're not old, you're not old, don't worry about it. But so look, I sort of get a sense we've sort of covered this, but look, just to bring this uh, um, chat to a close, uh, what does being part of the London Welsh community mean to you? Because you're not Welsh and obviously we're not just a club for Welsh people, um, but you know, what, what does being part of that sort of community um, actually mean to you, Zoe? I think it's just a kind of a you know it's just super supportive like be that you know my best friends play for London Welsh so you know it's it's support in that way but you know obviously there's like the careers hub and there's the supporters club and there's you know Barch which isn't actually part of London Welsh but feels like it is because Will's giving his time to you know to the players during during lockdown it's just like you're right I'm not I'm not I'm not Welsh but I love being part of this kind of super um warm welcoming engaging sort of community I mean don't get me wrong I was relieved that I wasn't down at the club yesterday as I mentioned <laughs> because that might not have been too too fun but it's you know I think it's really nice to be part of a club that really cares about all its different divisions when I played at Quinn's you know they had the premiership men's team and we 
played our games in a hut and we used to have to go and cook our own food afterwards literally before you go and have a shower you've got to put some jacket potatoes in the oven and then go and serve them us as the players you know it's so supportive at sort of London Welsh in terms of you know how everyone builds kind of together and as I say the support that we've had from you know the committee in terms of Ruth joining the board and we've actually got a director of women's rugby like I feel like you know that sort of stuff might not have happened 10 years ago but it's it's a really yeah just really rewarding club to be involved in in whatever form you're involved in it you know people don't come to this club and leave they come to this club and stay and stay forever which speaks volumes about you know what it's like to be a part of make sure you stay playing for us forever as well, Zoe, okay? So you're 35 young and 35 old. Look, it's been great catching up with you today. Uh, I will wish you well through the rest of this lockdown and we will see you on the pitch whenever we can. So stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you, Zoe. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.